Yeah, you gotta love a lab, and that's good and not so good. I'll explain in the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 187. Hey there, Tony here, and it is the Rhyme and Reason podcast, and it is episode 187. Thank you for being there. Um, I'll let you know right up front, this isn't a happy podcast this time. It's sad because um, a little less than five days ago, my wife and I lost our nearly 15-year-old buddy, Nestle Brown. He was our chocolate lab and um, good buddy. We also called him (laughs) our... Nestle Crunch Bar, and let's see, my wife affectionately called him her chocolate mess because he could be pretty messy. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, admit that. And, uh, you know, we got those names because he was what's commonly referred to as a chocolate lab, uh, a brown Labrador retriever. And uh, he was a great reason why I say you got to love a lab. So if you go to, um, let's see, TonyFunderberg.com forward slash gotta love a lab, you can see a picture of him in his prime, sitting out on the back deck, looking like, you know, hey, I got it going on. But um, it was, uh, I, I'm just going to share a little story of how he came about. Back in, let's see, 2003, uh, El and when you hear me say that, that's my wife. Uh, she and I had been living in the first house we ever bought. Uh, and, and so far, it's the only house we've ever bought. We'd only been living there about nine months, and she mentioned one day how she thought it'd be great to get a dog, you know, since we finally had our own house instead of an apartment. We'd always been living in apartments to that point. So we started perusing the papers for puppies, and um, we'd long since, uh, uh, well, I should say we'd long before decided that if, if we ever did get a dog, we'd like a lab. We had some friends that had one, and they're just... They're just adorable, you know. It's no wonder they're the most popular um, in America anyway. And we found out uh, there was a new litter of them in Franktown, Colorado. Now, that wasn't the closest to where we lived by any means, but their their description of the puppies piqued our interest. So we took off and we headed across uh, the, the great territory in between and... Uh, And we arrived at uh, the owner's place. It was out in the hilly countryside east of the Denver metro area. And it was a real nice farm. It wasn't a working farm, uh, you know, like with crops and all that kind of stuff. But it was a kind of like a suburban farmer, you know, something like that. Anyway, the first thing we saw was a backyard teeming with Labrador puppies. The mama dog had given birth to nine puppies. And at that point, they were about seven and a half weeks old. And uh, let's see, eight of them, you know, had that classic roly-poly Labrador puppy look. You've seen them, they're plump and snub-nosed and they fall clumsily all over themselves. If you've ever paid attention to labs, you know that that's how they are and it's why everybody loves them so much. They're just so roly-poly cute. And uh, 
Uh, you notice I said eight of them were like that. Well, one didn't look quite so healthy. His ears were too big for his body, and his eyes looked puffy, and it looked like he was battling a, a bad cold or something. He just didn't look well. But that sickly-looking dog caught my eye, and he captured my heart because he could actually really handle himself better than his brothers and sisters. And even though he was the runt of the litter and he didn't appear healthy, he could literally just bound over the others while, you know, barking, and he was just full, full of spirit. And it's like he was saying, you know, I'm here, by golly, and everybody's going to know it. You, you guys might be bigger than me, but, you know, try to keep up. So you're probably thinking, aha, you took that little runt home and named him Nestle, and now you're recollecting those first memories, right? Nope. But I did notice how no one else wanted to pick up the runt and look him over. And uh, the owners told us they just sort of let nature take its course when it, came, when it comes to runts. They just said, you know, uh, most of them don't live. We don't uh, interfere, whatever that means. If the runt couldn't make it, he couldn't make it. That's basically what they were telling us. And, you know, my heart just couldn't simply let nature take its course. Well... My wife agreed to take the runt home with us. I talked her into it, and she was looking at him and going, I don't know, he, he just looks sick. But uh, while I'd been checking out the runt, she had been holding another puppy. And she asked me to come look him over, you know, before we completely made the decision. And I got to say, he was beautiful. He was rich and dark chocolate brown, classic lab features, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was just a flawless puppy. But the, the owners were selling these puppies for $350 each. You know, it seems like a, a lot of money for a puppy. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, you didn't do that. If you got a dog, it was a free one. But um, anyway, we were going to get one, so we were determined, and we were going to pay the price. And I remind, reminded my wife that uh, we couldn't afford two, and that if we didn't take the runt, probably no one would. And he'd likely be pushed out of the feeding line by his siblings and, and uh, according to the owners, might even die. So uh, my wife agreed, somewhat reluctantly, and she put down the beautiful brown puppy and we paid for the runt, a golden lab. And we put him in the van and we made the long drive home. And we named our new puppy Zazzo. And uh, it was a name I had concocted when we first began even thinking about getting a dog. And uh, the little guy would zigzag when he walked. He'd just go back and forth, and it just never seemed to make a straight line anywhere uh, in those early days. But So the name seemed to fit. And during those first couple of days and nights uh, with our new pet, Elgeline kept recalling how she just couldn't get her mind off that chocolate puppy. And she's afraid we'd made a mistake by spending so much money on a what she was thinking was a sick dog. So on the third day of hearing that talk, I finally gave in and I told her, okay, call the people who had the puppies and see if the, that brown one had been purchased yet. And lo and behold, they told her no. So we made that long drive back to the farm and yes, we bought the brownie. And I still remember staying in the van um, with Zazzo while my wife went in to get the new addition to the family. It was a, 
a windy day in April of 2003. And when she came walking out, her hair was blowing in her face and she was carrying this chubby little chocolate puppy and he didn't look pleased at all. <laughs> he looked like, what, what are you doing to me? And as she was coming up to the van, she was going, she was smiling just big and she's going, he's so fat. And he was, I mean, compared to this little runt that we'd been having, you know, uh, dealing with for two or three days, who was so skinny and not looking so good. This guy was like, oh my goodness, he's so much bigger and fatter. So anyway, we put both of the puppies in a laundry basket and we made that long drive home again. And the little brown boy started whimpering and Zazzo nuzzled up to him, just sort of like to comfort him and say, hey, it's okay, bro. They're nice. And, uh, since there had been no plans to get two puppies, we didn't have two names planned. And at first, we just used that temporary name the previous owners had given this little guy. They called him Hunter. And he got that name because he followed his nose wherever it took him. But we knew we wanted to call him something else, something more special, something that we came up with. A name that wouldn't be so common to chocolate labs, you know, like Hershey or Mocha. And after the first couple of days with two puppies, I came home from work and Elgeline said, I think I have the perfect name for old chocolate boy here. Want to hear it? I said, well, sure. She said, Nestle, he's my little crunch bar. And I just said, perfect. So for the next almost 15 years, the little crunch bar who became a rather large crunch bar was our constant companion. And anyone who can take a furry guy like Nestle into their home and not be changed forever is just a heartless so-and-so, as far as I'm concerned. I'd been raised to believe pet dogs were, you know, to be raised outdoors and, and remain simply pets, you know. But once we got to know our messy, poopy, goopy pets, they became our friends and our family. They're the closest thing that... Um, Elgeline and I are, uh, have ever had to kids. We didn't have kids. So I'll say this. If you don't love dogs, I get it. You probably don't understand the sadness that we're experience, experiencing. But if you've ever experienced the pet connection that can only be made with a dog, you might relate to why I say you got to love a lab. And as long as I live, I'll never forget our little Nestle Crunch Bar, our chocolate mess. Like, um, like those times he'd come and lay his head on my knee and look up at me with those deep brown eyes, wanting something, of course. Or even better, when he'd come into my studio and stand with his head between my knees, looking up at me. <laughs> I look down, there's his little face or his muzzle sticking forward. And, and uh, that was why I, I do a lot of standing as I rehearse or compose music and and he'd get right in between my knees and you know I can still smell his little special doggy scent and uh, <laughs> I can hear him burping and passing gas and snoring yeah he even snored but I miss all that and and my heart aches to see him again one day and, uh, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says we'll be reunited with our beloved pets. It doesn't just come right out and say that. But I love what uh, Johnny Erickson Tata wrote in her book, Holiness in Hidden Places. 
She said, if God brings our pets back to life, it wouldn't surprise me. It would just be just like him. It would be totally in keeping with his generous character, exorbitant, excessive, extravagant in grace after grace. So what I know is wherever Nestle is right now, I trust God that it's perfect for him. And I trust that he's pain-free and struggle-free and awaiting that day when, like it says in Romans 8, 20 through 21, quoting Paul's writings, it says, the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And after all, Nestle was another one of God's most beautiful creations. And uh, he showed me how you gotta love a lab. And he showed me how you gotta love a lab. If you're dealing with the death, if you're dealing with the death or loss of a beloved pet, I hope you have that hope. And I hope this brings you comfort. And, you know, if you're asking why do things like this happen, here's my musical answer to why. Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why is the sun gold? What does it all mean? Why is the air clear? Why is the ground brown? Why does the earth float and never fall down? Cause God made skies, He made them blue He made the world for me and you And all because it pleased Him too God loves us through and through why is a horse fast? Why is a snail slow? Why does it get cold when northern winds blow? Why is the sea green? Why is the sand white? Why is the day day? Why is the night night? Cause God made creatures big and small And sand and seas, He made them all And even and fall, God helps us to stand tall. God's love is always there. His love will never die So you can trust in Him For all your questions why Cause God made creatures big and small And sand and seas He made them all And even if we trip and fall God helps us to stand tall And God made skies, He made them blue He made the world for me and you And all because it pleased Him too God loves us through and through That is why God loves us through and through That is why God loves us through and through 